0: You're now listening to the Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Everybody. welcome to Sound of Sanity. My name is Nathan Alberson. I am your humble and obedient host, joined by Benjamin Solzer. How we doing, Ben? Good, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you, sir. Wonderful. I've also got Pastor Jacob Benzel here today. How we doing, Jake? Good. How are you? Doing good. We had something that we wanted to comment on, though, that doesn't really fit into the mold of a traditional Sound yeah, of Sanity episode. Yeah, we were going to do a normal episode on it,
1: but the more we got into it, the more we realized this isn't going to be, make for a normal episode but we can talk about it put mm-hmm. it out there for people and it will it will be helpful to them well
0: and we didn't want to do skits or gimmicks or anything like that given the subject of the episode also our normal method would be to do a devil's advocacy argument and i tried to do one and got about 5 seconds in before i started feeling really guilty and bad because it was just like there are some devils that are so evil that you don't, you don't want them. to have them you don't even want to represent them they're, they're, yep. they're, you don't even want to provide a small dose to try and inoculate people. It's just... It's all poison. It's, it's like all venom. It's all poison. Yeah. Hmm. So I think you'll understand what we're talking about as we talk about it. So let's dig in here. Today, guys, I want to talk about a man who died recently. That was an interesting choice of language that I just made. Not sure how I feel about it. He killed himself. His name was Jared Wilson. Yep. He's a pastor. We're going to kind of get into his story a little bit. Well, let's just talk about it. Jared Wilson was a 30-year-old pastor. He's married to Julie Wilson. He has two sons. He was pretty big on Twitter, had 85.1 thousand followers. In 2016, he founded Anthem of Hope, which is a Christian organization dedicated to, quote, amplifying hope for those battling brokenness, depression, anxiety, self-harm, addiction, and suicide. This guy worked... What do you want to say? He... He called
1: himself a mental health advocate.
0: He called himself a mental health advocate. Was
1: very open about his struggles with depression and stuff like that. That's absolutely right. And talked right. a lot about it. The day before National Suicide Awareness Day, mm-hmm. he conducted a funeral for a woman who had committed suicide, Right. then went home that night and killed himself.
0: That's absolutely right. Now... We're going to color this story in a little bit more to start with. Uh, Let's just uh, get some basic facts out of the way. He was a pastor at the Harvest Christian Fellowship Church in California, had been for the past 18 months. He's been, he's, um, which is a mega church, right? Yeah. Uh, The eighth largest church in America, actually. The third largest in California. Pretty big. Pretty big.
1: It's a church that's in process of joining the Southern Baptist Convention, just so you can situate it. Theologically. So, you're looking at basically an independent, non denominational megachurch that is affili- in the process of affiliating or associating with the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, which is the largest Protestant denomination in the world.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Now, Ben, and then bear with us, people. We're going to get into some detail about this kind of stuff because I think every detail in this story tells. So we have a quote first from Greg Laurie, the senior pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship Church.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, quote, If you don't understand who God is, if your view of God is warped, then it will affect you in the way that you live. We must have a proper understanding of the character and nature of God. What you believe will enable you to get through the challenges and the difficulties of life. And there is no better place to start than with God himself and what the Bible says about him. End quote. Pretty good, right? Yep. Ish. Good. Good.
0: All right, from Harvest's website. This is just a description on the website of this, of Harvest Christian Fellowship Church.
2: All right, quote, Harvest is a place where you can come to learn more about God in a casual, non-threatening atmosphere. No judgment, no hostility, no ritual, just real people seeking to be in relationship with God and other like-minded believers.
0: Hmm, and I want people to pay particular attention to the no judgment, no hostility, no non- ritual. Threatening, non-threatening at- atmosphere. Just hold on, hold those things in your mind cuz we're going to come back to them. Now Jared founded a nonprofit, Jared the pastor that killed himself. He founded a mental health nonprofit, basically uh what do you call it? An anti-suicide uh Suicide prevention. Suicide, sort of that's kind the of word. Thing. Their website says, "Need hope for your journey? Subscribe." And what's their hashtag, Jake? Your life matters. Your life matters. So Jared and his wife actually founded Anthem of Hope in 2016. They wanted to help equip the church with the resources needed to better assist those struggling with depression, anxiety, self harm, addiction, and suicide. Uh, their their website, this anthem, touts them as having traveled the globe sharing their love for jesus equipping christian leader, leaders to reach the next generation in a relevant and authentic way both jared and julie believe that authenticity breeds community and their determination to be aesthetic stands at to the forefront. be authentic
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and their determination to be authentic stands at the forefront of everything
2: they devote their time to that's interesting that focus on authenticity yeah well
1: it's all connected right we mentioned that jared's the author of like three or four books and that one of them is against poser christianity
2: no so yeah jesus swagger break free from poser christianity love is oxygen how god can give you life and change your world 30 words a devotional for the rest of us wondrous pursuit daily encounters with an almighty god and finding normal an uninvited change an unexpected outcome only good news How Jesus Turns Every Minus into a Plus.
0: The thing that first got us interested in this story was going to Jared's Twitter account, actually. The last day of his life, I'm just going to read several tweets that he wrote. September 9th, he wrote, hope is for everyone. You don't have to keep living in the darkness. That has 846 likes and 344 shares. He quoted his pastor, Greg Laurie. He retweeted him. If you've suffered in life, been neglected, mistreated, been abused or abandoned, I'm sorry that happened to you. God can take all of the hurt and pain you have experienced in life, use it to touch other people, to make us the men and women he wants to be. He did it for me. At a certain point on September 9th, Jared Wilson tweets, officiating a funeral for a Jesus-loving woman who took her own life today. Your prayers are greatly appreciated for the family.
1: So I'm the one that saw the headline about Jared dying. Right. And Mm -hmm. I clicked on a link to his Twitter And I read through these, and I was talking to my wife about it. And when I read that, I told Amanda, he preached a sermon about how this Jesus-loving woman was a victim of mental illness, and now she's free. Mm -hmm. And she's with Jesus, and we can all be happy about that. And then he went home and believed it, and he killed himself. My wife then turned around and looked up his wife Mm -hmm. and looked her
0: up on Instagram. Yep. September 10th, Julie writes, on instagram my loving giving kind-hearted encouraging handsome hilarious give the shirt of my back husband went to be with jesus late last night no more pain my jerry no more struggle you are made complete and you are finally free suicide and depression fed you the worst lies but you know the truth of jesus and i know you're by his side right this very second i love you forever thomas jared wilson but i have to say that you being gone has completely ripped my heart out of my chest You loved me and our boys relentlessly, and I am forever grateful that I had you as a husband and a father to our boys. You are my forever, and I will continue to let other people know of the hope in Jesus you found and spoke so boldly about. Suicide doesn't get the last word. I won't let it. You always said hope gets the last word. Jesus gets the last word. Your life's work has led thousands to the feet of Jesus, and your boldness to tell others about your struggle with anxiety and depression has helped so many other people feel like they weren't alone. You were an anthem of hope to everyone, baby, and I'll do my best to continue your legacy of love until my last breath. I need you, Jer, but you needed Jesus to hold you, and I have to be okay with that. You are everything to me. Since the day we met, J&J, love you more. And then she writes, These are photos of him in his happy place, fishing the day away. I'll teach our boys all your tricks, babe. Promise. You are my hashtag anthem of hope.
1: In... You knew that was what she was going to say because you knew that that was the kind of thing that they taught and that they believed. Right. Mm-hmm. And you scroll through his Twitter feed and everything about depression and mental illness is framed in terms of victimhood. Mm-hmm. Right? And so here you have this idea that Jared's a victim. Jared loves Jesus. Hope gets the last word. He's now free. Mm-hmm. That's just not the truth of what suicide is. And it doesn't matter what you believe about depression and chemical imbalances and mental illness. The reality of suicide is not that, it's not freedom.
0: Before we go too much farther though, Jake, one could maybe be forgiven for thinking that that's what his wife would say, that she would want to hold out hope. But what about his pastor? What was his sermon, Ben? after jared died
2: okay so he called uh, greg laurie the senior pastor Mm -hmm. called his funeral sermon hope gets the last word hope gets the last word which is a quote from jared which is yeah so a couple of quotes one about jared quote he dealt with deep depression it actually went back to his childhood and he was under a doctor's care and because this was such a struggle for jared he wanted to help others who, who were also dealing with it End quote. And another one, quote, if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, reach out to somebody. Let them help you. There's no shame in it, unquote. And then, quote, we need to have compassion for people who face this struggle. Fill your mind with scripture and quote it to yourself. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Hope has the last word, not suicide, not cancer, not depression, not death, end quote.
0: Now, there was actually a guest star there at was. the funeral, and it was none other than who?
2: Kay Warren.
0: Kay uh, Warren. Why why should I know her? Purpose Driven Life. The Purpose Driven Life guy. So Mrs. Purpose Driven Life was here. She concluded her message by emphasizing that people who are suicidal or committed suicide, quote, didn't really want to die. They just wanted the pain to stop. She said, his death does not in any way minimize or negate the ministry he had to this church or to you.
2: Uh... Pastor Greg Laurie's son Jonathan said at the funeral, quote, Tonight we can glory in the fact that we know our brother, our friend, Pastor Jared Wilson, is at home in the arms of Jesus because he put his faith in Jesus as his Lord and Savior.
0: One final thing I'd like to bring to everyone's attention, which is another Julie Wilson Instagram post, and it is a picture of Jared and Jesus, robe, sandals, long hair, stereotypical Jesus had has his arm around Jared, and they're walking close to each other. Meanwhile, Julie and the two kids are holding Jesus' hand, but they're apart from Jesus. So Jesus and Jared are hanging out, and off to the side are Julie and her two children.
1: Happy first birthday in heaven, baby. Oh. Today you would have been 31. You lived more in those years than most could in 100. Mm,
0: whew. Well, I think we all feel pretty queasy reading this stuff. And it's a queasy issue to have to talk about. But let's talk about it. Jake, you started to touch on it a second ago.
1: G.K. Chesterton has a really great quote about suicide. Here's what Chesterton says um, from his book, Orthodoxy. Not only is suicide a sin, it is the sin. It is the ultimate and absolute evil. The refusal to take an interest in existence. The refusal to take the oath of loyalty to life. The man who kills a man, kills a man. The man who kills himself, kills all men. As far as he is concerned, he wipes out the world. His act is worse, symbolically considered, than any rape or dynamite outrage, for it destroys all buildings. It insults all women. The thief is satisfied with diamonds, but the suicide is not. That is his crime. He cannot be bribed, even by the blazing stones of the celestial city. The thief compliments the thing he steals, if not the owner of them, but the suicide insults everything on earth by not stealing it. He defiles every flower by refusing to live for its sake. There's not a tiny creature in the cosmos at whom his death is not a sneer. When a man hangs himself on a tree, the leaves might fall off in anger and the birds fly away in fury, for each has received a personal affront. Of course, there may be a pathetic emotional excuse for the act, there often are for rape, and there almost always are for dynamite. But if it comes to clear ideas and the intelligent meaning of things, then there is much more rational and philosophic truth in the burial at the crossroads and the stake driven through the body than in Mr. Archer's suicidal automatic machines. He's talking about euthanasia. Right. There is meaning in burying the suicide apart. The man's crime is different from other crimes, for it makes even crimes impossible. Here, here's the thing about What this man did. This man had a wife and two boys, and he selfishly decided that whatever the struggles of his life were, it was more important to him that he end them all and leave his boys fatherless and his wife husbandless and his church without a pastor. And here here are a whole bunch of people celebrating it celebrating his freedom, his freedom from the responsibilities of bearing up under the suffering of this life like a man, like he should. And I'm sure he had extenuating circumstances and difficulties. These were his cross to, to bear, not his
2: cross to die on. I just want to point out real quick. So Jake was reading that quote from a... It was posted on a Reddit thread. So guess what's right below? What's what's the next Reddit thread linked? Right after you look at some of the responses to that Chesterton quote. Responses, by the way, which are like, Chesterton seems really off base. Yeah, me too. People, have, It's hard for people. And so they discount Chesterton. And then here's the post. Let's commemorate Jared Wilson. Some people say that being a Christian doesn't allow you to have mental illness. Well, he suffered from depression and still proved, at least for me, to be a follower of Jesus by saving many lives through his suicide prevention program. God bless his good work. Wow. (laughs) I didn't know that was there when I pulled that Chesterton quote up.
1: The man who murders himself is the man who murders God. Uh, Like Chesterton said, he murdered his boys, he murdered his wife, he murdered his church, he murdered every flower, he murdered God. We all have extenuating circumstances in our lives that come to us because we live in a broken, sinful, fallen world. They come to us because we are sinners and that we have been sinned against. The call on our lives is to live by faith. Uh, it, the, the absolute antithesis of living by faith is killing yourself. This is not an this is an act of absolute godlessness that he did. And whether or not a man can commit suicide and still have some Repentance in his dying moments, some shred of real faith. That's not for any of us to judge what's happened to, to where Jared's soul. It's not for Greg Laurie and all of his people Mm. to say that Jared is in heaven right now. What is for us to do is to say what Jared did honestly. What Jared did was he left behind two orphans and a widow. What Jared did was leave behind a church of thousands of people that looked to him as a father. That he called to imitate and follow his example, and the example that he set is self-murder. This is the height of wickedness. Not only is this man a husband and a father, he is a shepherd and a pastor. It is the ultimate act of abdication. It's it's not even abdic- abdication soft. This is aggressive, and I th- I think Chesterton's right. He killed his responsibilities. He killed his wife. He killed his kids. He killed everything. He killed the world, yes. and that's what he was doing in that moment. And when we talk about this in terms like he's free now, you know, Robin Williams dies and within an hour a meme is going around, genie you're free, right? This is asking other people to buy into the lie and to kill themselves. It's spreading poison. This way of talking about suicide is poisonous, mm. it's toxic. It will lead to other people killing themselves.
0: Mm.
2: Mm.
1: You have somebody like this and everybody around it, and it's all he struggled but now he's free. What you've just done is you've said suicide is a way out. That is excusable because you're a victim of mental
0: illness and depression. Which, by the way, the proof is in the pudding. Jared, in fact, made that argument at a funeral for a woman who supposedly believed in Jesus but killed herself. He said all those things and then he went and... Believed it. Believed it and killed himself within about 24 hours. Within about
2: 24 hours. Within under 24 hours. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you can hear his wife fighting her knowledge that He sinned horribly against her by killing himself. You can hear her. You can hear the way it's like contorting her soul as she writes these Instagram posts.
1: There are more of them that we've not read, and Uh,
2: they're hard to read. They're very hard to read. It's just
1: you've got these little moments of actual honesty coming through. Of I need you. We need you. And I, I have no idea what we're gonna do without you. But then she's like right back with. But I know you're in a better place, and this was what needed to happen. And well god will take care of us and i hope and pray that god does and that she comes to a better understanding of what jared has done and is able to help her boys grow into godly men here's what people are going to say they're going to say mental illness is a real thing Mm -hmm. there is such a thing as clinical depression there are people that need to be on meds there are people that struggle deeply with things like greg laurie said We see that sort of thing in scripture. We see it in church history and people like William Cooper, who's responsible for writing some of the most beautiful hymns the church has ever known and attempted suicide, I think, multiple times. Mm -hmm. If we say that you're responsible for your actions and Jesus can help you overcome these sins and we turn it into a moral issue, then we're going to encourage people to deny themselves the help that they need. That's very real. And we're going to contribute to the problem and we're going to create a sense of shame around even talking about uh, the real struggles that people actually face.
0: That is the argument. Yeah.
1: I think there are a couple of things to say about that. One is that the more we talk about it, the more the suicide rates climb. Mm -hmm. The more we talk about this and removing the shame and the stigma, the more the suicide rates climb on the one hand. On the other hand, no, we're not talking about not encouraging people to talk about their struggles their sins, their temptations, and their needs. And there are people that I have encouraged to be put on medication, and I think it's good for them to be put on medication, and I think that that's a good thing. It can be very much a good thing. But the reality is if we if we t- take suicide and we turn it into, oh, he's free now, yay, I'm so happy for him, what we have done is we've legitimated it as a response to life is hard. Well, that pretty much says it all. Yeah, there's not a lot more to be said, and you actually you don't want to linger on this stuff too much either, because the fact is, the more you talk about it, the more dangerous it becomes.
2: Yeah, I actually think what is worth dwelling on in this is we quoted some stuff from like the website description of Harvest Christian Fellowship Church, a non-threatening atmosphere, no judgment, no hostility, and one theme that we've taken up in the past in Sound of Sanity, or it's just, I guess you could say it's a thread, it comes out in various episodes, is that there should be actual shame about sin like that's healthy and helpful Mm -hmm. if if your whole idea is that you should meet all sin as though it's acceptable as long as it's described in a certain way and the grace of jesus will still meet it but you're still going to be just as open about it as you would with i don't know your pie recipes i I don't know how not to be crass here but uh, a casual non-threatening atmosphere is not what a church is called to be and there there are many things within you
0: that should be threatened That's right. By coming to church. That's what I mean. That's kind of the point. Yep. Why else would you come? (laughs) Yeah, why else would you come? If the church is so inefficacious that it doesn't actually threaten the your indwelling sin, it doesn't actually cause certain things to begin to die in you and you to begin to be ashamed for you to begin to feel bad feelings about certain things. Uh, 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 That
1: then drive you to Repent. Repentance and to God.
2: And on a certain level, you even learn to be more afraid of the sin living in you. I don't know how else to put it. That sounds bad or wrong, but it's true. You learn to think, to realize that sin is an evil force that has to be eradicated. And it is, you can't just think you can feed it from time to time and it won't kill you. You have to learn to fear it some.
0: Yep. And if you want to hear us talk a little bit more about depression, we actually did our second episode, Sanity Mach 1. You can listen to that. And I think we had some good stuff to say about it, mm-hmm. but I don't even really want to... End this episode by saying any of that stuff because no. I think to to associate it with this is to almost risk coddling something that just needs to be thoroughly rejected. Mm-hmm. And so, if you want to hear us talk about depression, despair, how to face it, go and listen to that episode. But this episode, we just wanted this sort of mini, not not quite it up episode. We wanted to just make the point that what these people were doing although it feels perhaps compassionate, feels sympathetic, is just the opposite. It's dangerous. It's getting people killed, and it's wicked. Mm-hmm. And anything else we want to say? Nope. Nope. All right. Son of Sanity was produced by Nathan, executive produced by Jake and Nathan. Until next time. Stay sane. Probably can't even use that. mm